0: Coming up next on Contemplate.
1: We are being built up as believers. Built up, you don't get built up by walking through the daisies. You get built up by dealing with difficult things. We're not training to put on diapers and eat York peppermint patties while playing harps on clouds. That's all silly. That's not what this is about. You're a soldier.
0: That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagelgans. Thanks for listening to Part 8 in our podcast series, Contentment in Christ. Sometimes it's easy for us to feel pretty wimpy when it comes to spiritual things, especially struggles. And let's face it, our enemy is powerful. But as Pastor David will show us today, Christ has already won the victory against that guy. And as we stand in Jesus, well, we're a lot tougher than we might think. We'll be in Acts 16, starting in verse 16. So please get out your Bible as we join Pastor David Robinson with today's episode recorded live at Acts Church.
1: and It says this, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit by fortune-telling. All right, they're on their way to prayer. They're being good boys. They're doing what they're supposed to do, okay? They're minding their own business. They're on their way to prayer. They're going to serve God. They're going to pray as they're called to do, being Christ followers. And then here's this girl who has this evil spirit coming along. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. But Paul and his companions, they seem to attract a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Now, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're going to church, right? They're on their way to prayer. Shouldn't only good things happen? Because they're being faithful to God? Shouldn't only good things happen? Isn't that what we hear some people say? If you'll just do what's right, if you'll just follow this, only good things will happen to you. It'll be fantastic. You'll never get sick. You're going to have lots of money. It's all going to be great. Well, it doesn't seem to be the case for Paul because they're being good. They're headed to prayer. And here comes this girl with an evil spirit. Um, I think we have to define what we mean by good things. What do we mean by good things? If we say good things will happen if you follow the Lord, if you, if you operate in his will, if you're submitted to him, good things are going to happen, what do we mean? Well, let's get some context here. In Romans eight twenty eight, it says this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Good things defined is what God's going to do in the end with it. Good things doesn't mean that it's going to be all happy and joyful and you're dancing through the tulips and everything's great and there's just money just coming off. that's That's not what good things necessarily means. What good things means is whatever God has purpose to do is going to be good in the end, but you may run into some tough stuff on the way. Not only good things happen to us in the sense of what we experience. There's all kinds of stuff that's difficult that we'll face when following Christ. We are being... Built up as believers. Built up. You don't get built up by walking through the daisies. You get built up by dealing with difficult things. We're not training to put on diapers and eat York peppermint patties while playing harps on clouds. That's all silly. That's not what this is about. You're a soldier. You're part of God's army. You're his worker. You're being trained to do things for the kingdom of God, things things that will echo in eternity. You're going to see people go from death to life, from addiction and bondage and sin to freedom. You're going to see families do amazing things when they were about to fall apart. You're going to see all kinds of of godly things happen in your life if you follow Christ, but they're not going to come because everything was easy for you, and everything certainly was not easy for Paul. Listen, the Christian life is messy, and painful, and amazing, and joyful, and adventurous, and full of difficulty, and full of life, and full of fun. It's all of those things, all at the same time, kind of like real life, kind of like real life. That's what it is. That's what the Christian life is. It's real. We ought to do what God has called us to do, but not because we think that by doing it, everything's going to be easy, or we're not going to run into trouble. We do it because we have a purpose because we're part of changing the world, because that's what God is doing through us. He's promised us that we're going to have salvation. He's promised us that we get to be part of the team, part of the team that he's already won. He's already won the victory, and we get to be on the team. He'll work through us, and we get to do things for the creator of the universe, things that will echo through eternity. That's an amazing thing, and it's not going to come by doing what's easy. It's not going to come by that. So, That's what Paul's doing. That's what these other believers with him are doing. They're part of the big story here, right? They're part of the story. That's why we read about it. It got written down. They're part of what the Lord is doing, but it sure is not easy. It sure is not easy. Okay. By the way, just so you know, in case you were wondering, you are part of the story. The same kind of story that we're reading here, you're part of it right here, right now. These are no different than Bible times. The Lord is still at work. He's still at work, and you should still expect to see the same kind of things that we see here in your own life. All the joy of seeing people come to know the Lord, all the joy of seeing people set free, healed, all the amazing things God does, and all the pain and difficulty and persecution that you see in Scripture. You should expect all of that, because there's no difference. We're still part of the story. God's still doing what he's doing. God is alive. Jesus is alive. He is still at work, and we're part of it. Right here, right now, in this place, in this room, right now, we're doing, which is the kind of stuff we read about here. And they went to prayer. Hey, that's kind of like what we're doing. We're praying together. We're learning together. Same thing. It's exciting. So this girl has a spirit of divination, as it says here, the English translation of that. It's referred to in the Greek as a python spirit, a python spirit, like the snake. There was the python dragon or snake. It was connected to the oracle at Delphi. You may have heard of the Oracle of Delphi if you've read maybe Homer or something like that. It's uh, northwest of Athens, Greece, is where that's located, okay? All connected to the worship of Apollo. And folks would come from all over the place, all over the Mediterranean world, and they would consult with the priestess and the priestesses of Apollo. And these priestesses would essentially have a spirit in them that would speak generally in gibberish, and then in Greek, to give an answer to a question. They were called belly talkers because of the voice that came out of them when they were speaking was not like theirs. Um, and so we have these, these spirits that would come in that would, that would be in these priestesses, and then they would speak divination, they would speak people would want to know their future. These priestesses would claim to tell the future. The, the uh, Holy Spirit, who's inspiring Luke here, recognizes, helps them recognize that this girl has a spirit like that connected to her, like that in her. In other words, a spirit like these priestesses doing the same kind of thing, mimicking the same kind of thing that we see the oracle at Delphi doing, and that's why it's referred to as a python spirit. And she had these masters. She was a slave, and so they used her to make money. Just like today... You can go down the street and find a fortune teller, right, or a medium or something like that, and they don't do it for free. It's about money. These guys aren't about religion that, owned this, that, that were owning this girl and using her. They were about making money, and she did make them a lot of money. The Oracle of Delphi, certainly there was a lot of money coming in there. People will pay a lot of money if they think you can tell them the future. And so this girl is providing a big profit. Um, when Scripture says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, It means it. This is a real spirit who is using this girl, who's in this girl. And this kind of thing still happens today. Now, this is why Christ followers don't get into divination, fortune telling, mediums, horoscopes, all that kind of stuff. We don't get into that stuff because while a lot of it's just nonsense, some of it may be connected to evil spirits. They were doing it back then. They've always done it right? We have the witch of Endor in the Old Testament. We have these folks. We had all kinds of stuff going on in the first century where evil spirits, spirits had possessed people, had had come into people, and were speaking through people, pretending to tell the future. Don't think that it doesn't happen now. And so I just warn you, stay away from that nonsense. Stay away from it. Verse 17. It says, this girl followed Paul and us, Remember, Luke is there with them, and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. This girl's following them with a spirit in her, and she is yelling, saying that Paul and his companions are servants of God, the Most High God, and that they're preaching salvation. Now, why would this girl do that? Here's my take. I think the Spirit's ridiculing ridiculing Paul and his ministry. We see this today. There are from time to time. You can go on YouTube if you want. You can go on YouTube and you can watch debates between atheists or agnostics and and believers or people who are advocating for, for the truth of Christ. And what you'll see, these are often like on college campuses, stuff like that. What you'll see is that oftentimes atheists and sometimes even Christians might use it, but as a form of argument, they use ridicule. Like, oh my gosh, that can't be true because you believe there was some snake in a garden that was talking, as if that's an argument. What it really is is you're ridiculing somebody, and I think that that's what's going on here. It's a form of argument that some people use. It's a way to make someone look dumb, okay, to make fun of them. It's like your little sibling and would repeat to you, or maybe your older sibling, or repeat to you your words in a snarky tone. You say something and they repeat it or whatever, and they say it in a, in a negative way. They're messing with you, right? They're ridiculing you. Imagine the spirit crying out something like, look at these guys. They think they're sent from God to tell you about salvation. What a bunch of dorks. Think of it as that kind of being the message, because that's what I think was going on here. I think it was ridiculing. You, when you ridicule something, even if it's true, even if the thing you're ridiculing is true, you try to make it sound untrue or try to make the person who believes it seem like they're not smart, I think that that kind of ridicule would be be used to try to go against whatever message the person's being saying. So I think that's what this spirit is doing, speaking the truth about Paul and his companions and their ministry, but he's trying to ridicule and subvert the ministry by doing it, all right? Verse 18, and this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed turn and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. It says this was happening for many days. A couple of things about that, okay? First of all, I find it interesting that Paul did not immediately cast the spirit out. It's certainly likely that Paul was aware that this girl had a spirit in her. It was no secret, okay? This was a girl who people went to were paid money because she had the spirit. So it was known who this was and that she had a spirit in her. Why didn't he cast it out right away? Why didn't he, the first time, as soon as sh- the, the ridicule started, why didn't he just be like, boom, and, and cast that out? This went on for many days. Well, here's the deal. Because the Holy Spirit had not told him to. The Holy Spirit had not told him to do that yet. One thing we know about Paul and his companions, that's consistent, is that they wait on the Holy Spirit for instructions before they do stuff. Uh, we saw them not going to this place and not going to that place and waiting on the Spirit until there was a vision that Paul had to go to Macedonia and that's why they went there, right? They wait on the Spirit. Paul doesn't go around half cocked generally doing stuff without the Holy Spirit saying, go. So they listened to the Holy Spirit and did what he said to do. Assumedly at this point, before these many days passed, the Holy Spirit had not told Paul to cast this Spirit out. Can you imagine? Walking around everywhere you go, you have this girl screaming, crying out, and most likely this demonic voice saying, these are the, these people who follow the most high or servants of the most high, and so on. It would be, it says he was greatly annoyed. I imagine that's probably true. I imagine he probably was greatly annoying. And probably embarrassing, that was the intent to ridicule, right? Not because they're embarrassed of the Lord, but because they're embarrassed of some person sitting there yelling. Um, It would have had an effect on Paul and his companions. But here's one thing that's for sure. A lot of people in town would have been aware that Paul was in town claiming these things. Even though it was done in a ridiculing way, a lot of people would have been aware that Paul was in town claiming these things because it was going on for many days. Similarly, they're walking throughout Philippi. This girl is falling behind, ridiculing them. Everybody's like, okay, have you seen this? These guys walking around, and this girl, and this is what she's saying, even if they also bought into the ridicule, they knew who he was, right? They knew who he was. And because Paul eventually cast the spirit out, all of, their sudden, all of a sudden there would have been a real reason to listen to what he had to say. Satan always overplays his hand. That's my experience. Always overplays his hand. He wants to ridicule this ministry. He wants to make this ministry look stupid. He wants the people in Philippi to ignore it. And so, this evil spirit, the spirit's there saying all these things to try to do that. But in doing so, I don't Satan didn't think about the fact that it was going to make Paul famous. It was going to make him well known. And that when the Holy Spirit acted, and when in the name of Jesus Christ, Paul cast this thing out, all of a sudden they're going to be like, whoa, there's power here. They didn't do all the stuff that people used to do back then to exercise spirits and stuff, entrails and all this crazy witchcraft stuff that they do, right? They didn't, he didn't do any of that. He just spoke the name of Jesus Christ and out comes the spirit. Powerful. All right, so Paul was bothered. He was annoyed. He was over it. I don't know if the whole time all these days he's like, Holy Spirit, can I cast this thing out? Holy Spirit, seriously, I'm over this. I don't know how, what was going on in his mind. That's what I would have been doing. But the Holy Spirit gives him the green light apparently and he commands the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of the girl and the spirit hopped to it. The spirit did what was commanded, the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ because Paul was working in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he commands in that authority, the authority of Christ, this spirit has no choice but to obey. No choice but to obey. These spirits have no power Over us as Christ followers. Because we are Christ's. We're the kings. As I told you, Jesus already won the victory. Over death, over hell. He rose from the dead. This spirit had to leave. Because Jesus is in charge. And that is what you all have. As followers of Christ, you have the ability to call on the name of Jesus Christ. In the power of the Holy Spirit. And tell these evil ones to go. And they don't have a choice about it. They don't have a choice about it. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 19. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. All right. No good deed goes unpunished, right? The masters of this girl were not happy. They were not happy because, not because they were offended on some spiritual level. They were not happy because they lost their profit. They lost their money. These guys were not going to be able to make money off this tormented girl with a spirit anymore. So they dragged Paul and Silas in front of the authorities because they were mad. Because they lost their money. Paul set this girl free, or the the Lord set this girl free, through Paul, from the bondage of the spirit that was in her. There was probably, I'm guessing, little doubt in his mind as to what her masters would do. Which is to say they were going to be angry. They just lost their livelihood, they lost their money. This girl was just money to them, she was just a thing, a means to an end, a way to get paid. But to Paul, she was a human being, and to Jesus, she was his creation. And the power of God was used to set her free from spiritual bondage, just like he's done for all of us who follow him. He set us free from spiritual death into spiritual life. But now Paul and Silas are in physical bondage. Not spiritual, but physical bondage. Okay. Lord willing, we'll read what happened to Paul and Silas in our next message on Acts, but I want to talk about what we can take from what we've just read. Paul and Silas and the others that were with them were being used of God, and this spirit knew who they were. Knew who they were. They were effective enough in the power of the Holy Spirit that this spirit felt it was worth his time to follow and ridicule them and destroy their ministry, to attempt to destroy it. It may seem like a hard time for Paul, and it probably was, but it's actually a blessing. Why? Because the other team knew his name. Because the other team knew who he was. And if the other team knows who you are, that means you're a good player. It means you're a good player. It means they're afraid of you and what the Lord in this case is doing through you for God's team. They're afraid of the power that God is manifesting in your life. Paul and Silas and these others were used by the Holy Spirit so effectively that Satan was afraid of him. He was afraid of them. And he had to resort to ridicule, which is a very weak thing to resort to, something children do, to try and win, but he lost. And he will always lose. We're here, you and I, here in this place in the Portland, Vancouver, Camas, Washougal, Clark County area, in this place at this time. And we should be hoping that Satan knows our name. We should be hoping that Satan knows the name of Acts Church. And I'll tell you something, he does. He does. We have seen so many attempts by Satan to attack this church, this body, these people. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much he's tried. He's never won, but he's tried. That's why we have a shield wall of elders and leaders and every one of you We pray, we ask for protection for one another. We intercede for one another. We stand together, unified. That's why we have to be unified. Because if you're going out on your own, that's not a good way to fight. A soldier on his own is a dead soldier. But we're a team. We're a body. We're Christ's body. His manifestation of his body right here in this place at this time. And we are prevailing against the gates of hell. We're seeing people come to follow Christ. Some in this room who weren't following Christ just a little while ago are now following Christ, have been baptized, and are growing in him. We're seeing people set free from years of bondage to sin that was eating them from the inside and destroying their life, and now they're having life and freedom and going through the process of becoming holy, of becoming like Jesus. We're seeing families become strong. We're seeing the work in the mission field be fruitful. We're seeing God change the world through us. This small, dedicated group of people operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, and Satan knows our name. God has honored us enough to be effective enough that the evil ones are afraid of you. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. You should feel like a good player would feel when he or she finds out that the other team knows their name. It might be a little scary, like, oh, they're coming after me. But at the same time, it's like, wow, I must be pretty effective if they've taken the time to know who I am. You don't want to be a church that the evil one's like, uh, I don't to worry about it. Who's that? They aren't doing anything. You want to be a church that Satan goes, oh, no. All that I'm trying to build here, all that I'm trying, all these people I'm trying to put in bondage, all these things I'm trying to do, they're being blown up through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ through these people. And I know who they are. And Satan's afraid. And good. He should be scared. Because we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop calling on the name of Jesus Christ, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and seeing people go from death to life. Just like Paul wasn't going to stop and you'll see that he did not stop all the way. All the way to the end. He relied on Jesus. He relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. And the work that God did through him is still echoing through eternity. And always will. Because of the power and the love of God. His faithfulness. Those that were with Paul, their faithfulness. We're we're talking about it today. A couple thousand years later. Because of their faithfulness. Because of their faithfulness. So, we're going to rely on the Lord. The work that Jesus is going to do through us is going to echo and is echoing through eternity also. We're going to see life. We're going to see the kingdom of God. It's not going to be easy, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We're fighting for life. We're fighting for individuals. We're fighting for families. We're fighting for those who are in bondage. We're fighting for those who are afraid and anxious and depressed. We're fighting for life, and Satan wants to bring death. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. We're fighting for the kingdom of God to triumph, for truth to prevail. We're fighting on this grand eternal stage for this amazing thing. Listen, Luke Skywalker ain't got nothing on us, nothing. That stuff, the galactic empire, come on. We're fighting against these forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And Jesus said, you, yeah, you. You who just, just a normal person, right? Nope, I'm gonna take you and put you into an internal battle and I'm gonna equip you and I'm gonna empower you and through my name, great things are gonna be done through the work that you do in submission to me. That is an amazing honor. So don't get tired. Don't give up. God will be faithful.
0: You've been listening to Pastor David Robinson from Acts Church in Camas, Washington, and this is Contemplate. What an encouraging lesson, wasn't it? What a blessing to understand that the same Holy Spirit that guided Paul and the same Jesus that gave him the ability to stand strong against the attacks of the enemy will do the same thing for us as we follow Christ. So, how about you? Are you standing strong? Or maybe having some trouble. Well, if you need help, there's a great big family here at Axe Church that would love to pray with you and help you experience every good thing that God has for you. So come see us this Sunday morning. Get service times and directions anytime at axcamus.org. That's axcamus.org. Or call 360 360- 885-9000. That's 360 885 We'd love to meet you this Sunday. I'm Ron Hagel Gans. Thanks for listening, and be sure and listen to the next episode as Pastor David teaches us about contentment. That's right here on Contemplate.